the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Thank you, Spirit of God, for being a blessing to us today by granting us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let your word come with simplicity and understanding. Thank you, Spirit of God, that no man or woman tune into the service now or ever remain the same. Be glorified through the ministry of your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen and amen. Once again, you welcome to Excel Service, and I want you to come with me to the book of Proverbs 18, 16. Proverbs 18, 16, the past two months we've been on a series that we have broadly captioned gifted for success. And I want you to type in the comment box, I am gifted for success. Proverbs 18, 16, the King James Version says, a man's gift makes way for him and bringeth him before great men. A man's gift makes way for him. The New King James says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. May your gift make room for you and may your gift bring you before great men. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Okay, so we've established that there are four keys. If you are going to succeed through our gift, there are four key things that we need to know. Number one, we have to be able to recognize our gift. We have to, first of all, establish the fact that we are gifted. That's why I always tell you to type, I am gifted. Because as you type and as you repeat it to yourself, it registers in your spirit and it becomes your consciousness. He says, I am gifted. All of us are gifted. Everybody is gifted. You are gifted. No matter how you feel about yourself, no matter what you know about yourself, I want you to know that beyond every shadow of doubt, you are gifted by God. You are gifted. So recognize that you are gifted. And then when you recognize the gifting that God has gifted you with, then the process has begun. And the next key thing you need to do is to refine the gift. Refine the gift. The gift is in its raw state. You need to refine it. You refine it through prayer. You refine it through many other things. You have to refine your gift. And then when the gift is made fine, to refine means to make it fine. And when the gift is made fine, then the gift has to be released. You have to release the gift. You have to release the gift because the gift is not designed just for you. The gift is designed to make you a blessing. God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he says, I will bless thee, and in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And everything God gives us, including the gift he's endowed us with, they are designed to make us channels of blessing. We are not to be accumulated. We are to be distributed. What God gives us, he expects us that we distribute it so others can benefit from it. And then, of course, when we release our gift, 
The fourth thing that follows is that we'll be rewarded for our gift. So the Bible says, a man's gift makes way for him and brings him before great men. So last week I said that there are things your gift can bring to you. And those are the things we call reward. There are things your gift can bring to you. There are things your gift can bring to you. A man's gift makes way. There are things your gift can make happen for you. Your gift can make certain things happen for you. And your gift can also bring certain things into your life, certain people into your life, certain relationships into your lives. And I pray that your gift will do all of that for you in Jesus' precious name. So we said that when your gift is recognized, released, and refined, it will always be rewarded. When your gift is recognized, your gift is refined, your gift is released, it guarantees reward. And so we are in this session of the series where we are focusing on rewards from your gift. Rewards from your gift. And last week we established the fact that the man Joseph was greatly rewarded for his gift. What was his gift? The gift of interpreting dreams. He was a dreamer and he could also interpret the dreams of others. We saw that in Genesis chapter 41 verse 42 to 45. When he interpreted Pharaoh's dream and then all of a sudden, a gamut of issues began to happen. A lot of things began to happen in the life of Joseph. All of a sudden, the prisoner was made a prime minister. All of a sudden, the clothings of a prisoner were changed into the garment of royalty. Joseph, who was single at this time, was given a beautiful wife to marry. All of that happened because he released his gift. What of David? David was also greatly rewarded because he released his gift. That's why you need to release your gift. When David released his gift to confront Goliath and to bring him down, his whole family became exempted from taxes in Egypt. And then he was enriched with great riches. And then again, the Bible said he also received a wife. What of Daniel? Daniel was also greatly rewarded for his gift. In the book of Daniel chapter 5 verse 29, the Bible said, Then Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with purple, and put a chain of gold around his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him, that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. May your position change as you learn to release your gift in the name of our Lord Jesus. Alright, so, there were two key things I finished last week's service, or last week's teaching on, and that is if you are going to get the maximum benefit from our gift, there are two things we said we needed to do. Number one, we needed to know when and how to release our gift for free. You must learn to know how and when to release your gift for free. It's not every time you must receive monetary returns from your gift. And when I talk about releasing your gift for free, I'm simply talking about giving, uh, releasing your gift without monetary gains. Releasing your gift without monetary gains. And that is a time where we release our gift and we don't get any monetary returns on our gift. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1, it said, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the sun or under the heaven, there is a time to every purpose. There is a time where we receive gifts or rewards, material rewards from our gift. And there's a time where we make our gift available to people and we simply take nothing. That's what we want to focus on today. So you must know if you're going to get maximum returns from your gift, you must know when 
to release your gift for free, when and how to release your gift for free, and then know when and how to release your gift for a fee. And just before I came into this service or into this teaching, one of the things the Holy Spirit actually dropped in my heart, which I feel you should know, is the fact that those who learn to release their gift for free usually end up excelling when they release their gift for a fee. So if you want to get great dividends from releasing your gift for a fee, learn to release your gift for free. Any gift you are able to work on and refine and be able to release it for free excellently, we will always do much better when you are giving monetary returns for it. All right, let's come to the book of Daniel and see how Daniel demonstrated this. Daniel chapter 5, verse 13 to 17. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. Take note, Daniel was brought in. Why was he brought in? He was brought in because of his gift. A man's gift maketh a way for him and bringeth him before great men. Daniel was brought in before the king. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Are you that Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah, who my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard of you. That the spirit of God is in you and the light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the astrologers have been brought in before me. That they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation. But they could not give the interpretation of the thing. A beautiful occasion. This is a glorious moment. A fantastic moment for Daniel. Other people have tried. That which Daniel is yet to be given the opportunity to try, and they failed. And the king says, Daniel, I've heard that you are the only person who can do this. All the wise people and the astrologers in my kingdom, they made effort, but none of them could break through with this. But I've heard that in you, there is the spirit of wisdom and of excellence in you, and you are going to make it. I pray that that can be said of you. And you have to understand that that must be said of you because you are a carrier of the Holy Ghost. Daniel had the Holy Spirit coming upon him every now and then. You have the Holy Ghost resident in you. So it makes you more powerful because you are. Now look at verse number 16. I have heard of you that you can give interpretation and explain enigmas. Enigmas are hard things. Difficult problems, those are enigmas. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed, take note, you shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Amazing. You shall be clothed with purple. Purple is a, is a decoration of royalty. And then you have a chain of gold around your neck and then it says, you shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. That is a prize. That is a reward. And that is how Daniel was being moved. This was to motivate Daniel to release his gift. But look at what Daniel said in verse number 17. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gift be for yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. What an attitude. What an attitude. Your gift is great, but your attitude is better. If you are going to go very far with your gifts, beyond the gift, you need to have a positive attitude. And maybe one of these days we will be dealing with attitude that 
positions people for greatness. Because sometimes people are so gifted, but their attitude is so negative that in spite of the magnitude and the magnificence of their gift, they are still not able to go very far with life. Because your attitude will take you very far, sometimes more than what your gift can do for you. So the Bible says, he said, let your gift be to yourself and give your rewards to another. Yet, I'll read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. Daniel is simply saying, I'm not interested in your gift. This thing is not about your gift. It's not about what you're going to give to me. It's about making sure that the unrest in your spirit comes to an end. It's about making sure that you have solution to the problem you need. And when you go through life, being a problem solver, you end up enjoying life on another level altogether. Apart from the physical returns that come into your life, you live life in a more fulfilling way than people who go through life creating problems. Everybody in life is one of two things. You are either a problem solver or you are creating problems. And everyone in life will be known for one of two things. The problem you created or the problem you solved. Daniel was a problem solver and the Holy Ghost in us makes us problem solvers. Type in the comment box, I'm a problem solver. And one of the means God uses us to solve problems for others is through the gift he's placed in us. Come with me to the book of Matthew 10, verse 6 to 8. But go rather to the lordship of the house of Israel. And as we go, preach, saying, A kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely gift. When we talk about the fact that you are gifted, you have to understand that you did not do anything to end the gift. The gift is God's free gift to you. That's what it is. You didn't work for it. It was just freely given to you. The five talents, we are never told. The servant went to the master and said, master, you are traveling. Give us something. No. The man by his own free will, by his own volition, he gave them gifts. And that's how God has wired all of us. He's given us gift. We didn't pray for it. We didn't fast for it. We were just born gifted. And this is why we need to have the mindset that the foremost way to use our gift is not to release it for a fee. We must first of all release our gift for free. That must be our mentality. And then when the rewards come, we are better able to appreciate God and give him thanks for it. So it's important that we understand that freely we have received, freely we must give. Don't forget, we are talking about releasing your gift for free. The rewards that accompanies you when we release your gift for free. There are three examples of people who knew how to release their gift for free. The first example, we find a man in the book of Genesis by the name of Joseph. Joseph was one young man who knew how to release his gift for free. Joseph was a great and outstanding guy. Look at Genesis chapter 40, verse 6 to 8. And Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them and saw that they were sad. This was when Joseph had been falsely accused and had been placed in the prison together with Pharaoh's prisoners. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, we each had a dream and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, do not interpretation belong to God. Tell them to me, please. That's Joseph. He looked at them. They all went to bed the previous night. 
he woke up, saw the faces of his colleagues in the prison and realized that something was wrong. That's Joseph, a problem solver. When you are a problem solver, you always watch out for problems. He looked at them, he realized that, no, you guys were more cheerful yesterday. Today, what's gone wrong? And they began to confide in me. They said, listen, we had terrible dreams last night. And apart from the nature of a dream, our greatest worry and trouble now is that we lack an interpreter for the dream. Joseph said, this is what I've been doing all my life. That's my area of gifting. Tell me the dream and I will help you. Tell me the dream and I will help you. That's Joseph. And then they opened up and the Bible says he told them the dream. We are not told that Joseph charged them. He didn't quote. Listen, if I interpret the dream for you, this is how much you are going to pay. That was not on the table. Joseph saw them sad and all he wanted to do was to do something so that their sadness will give way to joy. He wanted them to be happy. He wanted them to be cheerful. He wanted them to be joyful. How else could he make that happen? By helping them to unravel the difficult dream that they had had the previous night. He did not do it with any charge in mind. It's interesting that we live in times where people literally charge for everything. And I'm not saying it's bad to charge. We'll come back to it when we are looking at releasing your gift for a fee. But if every service you render, every time you use your gift, whether you are, you are serving as a lawyer or you are a doctor, if every medical advice you give must come with a fee, if every legal advice you give must come with a fee, then you have a problem because life was not designed to be like that. You must be able to have special cases as a lawyer that when they come to you, these are cases you have made a commitment with God. That when widows bring their cases to me, I'm no longer going to charge them. Widows in a certain category because, of course, there are some widows that are, are super rich than people who are even living together as husband and wife. All right? So Joseph did not see it as an opportunity to get. Now let's look at him again, particularly when he came to, you could easily say that, well, Joseph, how could he charge prisoners? Because the prisoners didn't have anything to give. So you could look at that and say, okay, Joseph didn't charge them because they were prisoners and they didn't have anything to give. Let's look at his attitude towards the man, uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh also had a dream and then he needed an interpretation. Look at how Joseph went about the whole thing. Genesis 41 verse 1, it came to pass that at the end of two years, that Pharaoh had a dream and behold, he stood by the river. Now it came to pass in the morning, verse 8. It came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for the magicians of Egypt and all of its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams. But there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Amazing. Pharaoh was in a very difficult, tight situation. Very, very difficult situation. Very difficult situation. Very difficult situation. He had had a dream. His spirit was troubled. He was simply not at rest. He called the people he's been paying for years to be wise men around him, to be interpreters around him. Anytime he had any difficulty, these were people who were paid staff just to help him solve the most difficult problems of his life. And this happened to be one problem they have no answer to. Imagine that in your area, in your job, in your place of work, or around you, somebody presents a problem that nobody else can solve but you. Most of the time, when we have opportunities like that, that is an opportunity to rake in millions because you know that 
As for this one, nobody can solve it but me. And if I'm the only person who can solve the problem, then any amount I quote, it must be given. And I believe that if Joseph had quoted any amount, Pharaoh would have said, go ahead, just give me the interpretation and you have it. But let's see the attitude with which uh, Joseph went about the whole thing. Look at verse 14 to 15. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it, but I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. This is amazing. You can understand a dream and you can interpret it. You can understand a dream and you can interpret it. That's Genesis 41, 14. Amazing. Joseph did not see it as an opportunity to exploit him. The moment he told him, he said, everybody has tried. I mean, before Joseph was called, he told him, everybody else has tried but you. And none of them was successful. But I've heard that you can do it. Joseph, I'm sure if he was like one of the young men of our days, he would have said, yes, you heard where everything you heard is so true. This is what I've been doing all my life. I've been interpreting dreams. I've done it for King Soso and so. I've done it for King Soso and so. I'm the one who interpreted Donald Trump's dream. I'm the one who did it for Russian president. I'm the one who is even doing it now. This is my area. I'm sharp on this job. And by the way, the last time I did it for Donald Trump, I charged him several Soso and so amount in dollars. As for uh, Putin, his own was too much. And looking at you, the fact that you are in charge of the whole world now, I'm going to make sure that by the time I'm through with you, my life, my generation, my children, children nobody will ever be poor again. Pharaoh, get ready for me. I'm coming for the treasures of Egypt. That was not Joseph's attitude. One of the things I realized is that most people usually use their gift to take advantage of people who are in desperate need for the, their gift or services. I believe it's wicked to use your gift or your services to take advantage of people, particularly when they are in need. When they are in need. In economics, they say that when demand goes high, the cost also goes high. When your gift becomes needed, that is a fine opportunity to increase your prices. Well, it may be so in the world, but in the kingdom, it doesn't work like that. When people need your services urgently, money should not be the first thing to consider. Seek ways to make the service available unto them, and then you can talk about money later. I know that sometimes it changes, and I know I'll come back to it when we are dealing with uh, releasing your gift for a fee. When it comes to releasing your gift for, for free, really, there are a number of things that you have to be guided and led by the Spirit of God. Look at Joseph. Joseph did not see it as an opportunity to exploit Joseph. Uh, Pharaoh, that's what I want you to see. Come with me to 41 verse 33 to 36. Therefore, let Pharaoh select a wise and discerning man and set him over the land. This was after he interpreted the dream and he's giving counsel on how he can navigate his way out of the problem, the impending danger that is coming upon the whole world and upon Egypt at this time. His the man who has interpreted the dream, nobody could interpret it. He didn't charge for it. And now he's also going a step further to give prescription on the way out. Look at this. If you were in Joseph's shoe, I'm sure your language would have been different. If I were in his shoes, I'm sure I'll probably have done things differently. Look at it. He says, 
Let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep the food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. All right? Now, imagine this. You have interpreted the dream for a man who could not get anybody else but you. And then you are making prescription. I, I believe that under normal circumstances, Joseph should not be talking the way he's talking. He says, Pharaoh, you know what? I'll finish the interpretation now. I know the solution to the problem. You wanted me to do the interpretation, but beyond the interpretation, I also want to offer you the solution to the problem. And if you are going to make sure that these things are carried out, then you have to appoint me as a prime minister. Joseph did not volunteer himself to be the prime minister. He rather said, let Pharaoh appoint a man. Can you imagine that? Very few people have that kind of spirit. Very few people are willing to share their wisdom with others, to use it. Most people will, share, will not share their wisdom. They would rather want to be employed and then use their wisdom. But if you go to them for counsel, they may give you fake counsel. If you give them the task to do, they may do it differently. You must learn to share. Liberality is one word that is associated with gifted people. Gifted people know how to share. And the more you share, the more you receive. The Bible said, to him that had, more shall be given. And to him that had not, even that which he has shall be taken away from him. So Joseph did not volunteer himself. This is what I'm telling you, that the man was not interested in the reward. And most of the time, people who offer their gifts not being so much concerned about reward, usually they end up receiving much more than they could have charged for. I'm not sure that Joseph could have bargained that they make him a prime minister, knowing his track record. I mean, you are not a native of nation, and since you joined here, you also have a criminal case on your head. You were jailed as a prisoner for a rape case. I mean, <laughs> there's no way such a person would dream of ever becoming a prime minister in the land. So he couldn't have bargained for it. If anything at all, maybe you would have charged. You would have asked for some money. But God has something better and greater in store for Joseph. It was beyond something money could earn. Prophetically, God was bringing him into a setting season of his life. And this was amazing. Look at what Pharaoh said, 41 verse 37 to 40. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servant, can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is a spirit. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has showed you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Can you imagine that? Go. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. There's no way Joseph could have bargained for this. He could not. He could not. He could not. When you go through life and you are more willing to help people than to receive, the Bible said it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's what brought Joseph where he was. The same thing applies to the man David. David was another guy. David was one guy who also knew how to release his gift for free. David was the last born and he was made to take care of his father's sheep. And we are never told David demanded wages once. 
that daddy, I've been taking care of this family business for a long time. When will you pay me? At least you should pay me something. I'm growing so that I can also save something and get somebody to marry. That was not on the agenda. David was serving his father, and all he was interested was making sure the father's business was doing well. That's all. He was faithful at using his gift of taking care of sheep. That's where he developed his leadership skill and ability, and he did that for free. Again, David, you see the same spirit consistent with David. You remember when David was called to come play for uh, Saul? Look at this. Let's read that briefly. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14 to 21, amazing piece there. If you look at it, David had opportunity that very few people had, just like Joseph. Very few people. They were looking for a man who could play the harp well. Saul was in distress. He was in a challenging moment. He would have been ready to pay anything for someone to do this service for him. David came in and he never talked about money. He never talked about how much he was going to receive. He never talked about anything like that. All he did, what excited the most, was to make sure that his gift was made available and the king was restored. Look at it. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, Surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp, and it shall be that he will play with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you, and you shall be well. So Saul said to his servants, Provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, Look, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with you with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and skin of wine, a young goat, and sent them by his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. You can see, nothing about money was discussed. You see, there are some places where you get to use your gift. It should be a privilege. And one of such places is in the church of God. When you have the opportunity to use your gift to advance the kingdom of God, see it as one of the greatest privileges of your life. When you have the opportunity to use your gift to serve a great person, don't go thinking about money. Sometimes you are better off telling the person to give you whatever they may want to give you than charging because a relationship alone may be enough. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. It's not everywhere we go charging. That's what I want you to know. You render a service, you use your gift, but sometimes when you are even given the opportunity to charge, decline it because there's something that is more greater and far better and valuable than money. And as we get into the deeper dimensions of this teaching, I'm sure you are going to get blessed. Our time is up. I don't want to uh, take any more time. But next week, we are going to continue from where we are ending today. I trust that this short moment has been a great blessing for you. We look forward to having you join us same time next week for another exciting episode in this series. This is the session of the series that I'm sure a number of us have been waiting for. And I don't want you to miss any of these sessions at all. Your gift when recognized, refined, and released, guarantees reward. And you need to know how to maximize the reward. If you are going to maximize the reward of your gift, 
you have to first of all know when and how to release your gift for free and know when and how to release your gift for a fee. May the Holy Ghost guide you. May the Holy Spirit give you wisdom to know the difference between these seasons. The Lord bless you and God bless you once again so much for being part of the broadcast today. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. <laughs>